Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? 40. All right, all right, all right. And Ham. Howdy ho. And your host, Hamish, back with the awesome foursome this week. So uh, let's jump straight into a round of football. Uh, Let's start off with the women's, the Harvey Norman New South Wales Premiership. Wentworthville Magpies, unfortunately not firing a shot, going down 26-0 to the Sharks. Um, where was that played out? That was the 21st of May, played out at Points Bet Stadium. Is that that's Sharks' home ground, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously that Sharks team. Oh, Matty Studden getting a bit of revenge there. Um, three <laughs> conversions. <laughs> um, but I think we've raised it in previous weeks is that uh, – the, the Wenty team uh, doesn't have as many um, first-grade players as a lot of these other teams. And if you just look through um, the Well, they've the got Sharks. four players from our um, under-19s Tasha Gale team. So starting there in the starting team. So that goes to show the level of experience that they're, where they're at. Yeah, like they've got Penatani on the interchange bench for the Sharks. So I think <laughs> that sort of shows the, the level of... Um, Disparity between the two teams, um, but again, you know, good experience. Uh, some of these Tasha Gales players coming up against the more seasoned veterans in the um, reserve grade, and, and and we hope next year that uh, the Eels be flying out a um uh, an, a properly branded Eels team in this competition, uh, which can be competitive. All right, well, let's jump into the flag. So the first game, Eels eighteen against Manly Sea Eagles twenty five. Uh, that was played Saturday at Ringrose. Um, so uh, conversions being the difference here. Um, how, did, did you Hammond forty? You're out there to see no, this. Or Ham, Ham had pub golf, and I was uh, occupied with some family stuff. So we got some uh, secondhand information or thirdhand information. Eels going down by seven points, but uh, most notably it saw the return of a couple of guys that have been injured in the preseason, training with the first-grade squad, and then got nicked up right at the end. Uh, Tony Mattielli, big explosive back rower, and then uh, the big hyphen, Jonte Jr. Beth and Beth both came off the bench in this game. Tony scored, I think, our first points in the, in the 26 minute, I want to say, or somewhere around there. So it was yeah. good to see that happen. Uh, but, yeah, this will be just a, a game of rude opportunities. It was wet, and uh, like you said, we uh, missed the goals. But that was because our captain and usual goal kicker, Corey Fenning, got a knock for, excuse me, within the first 10 minutes to the head and was HIA'd out of the game, which meant that Ethan Sanders, who is a reasonable kicker in his own right usually, but obviously was a bit rusty, uh, went one from four, and that was the difference along for, I think, one or two botched tries from us when we made that big comeback. Yeah, so as you mentioned, four tries apiece, down 24-10 at halftime, and just unfortunately, uh, couldn't have been 24-10. Oh, yeah, one conversion. Uh, yep, 24-10 at halftime, so unfortunately not enough to get back. But then some joy in uh, the... Reserve grade. Oh, why have I got SG ball here? Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, for some reason, I had up the wrong draw. So I will get. 26 up. 6 over the Blacktown Worker Seagulls, I believe. There we are. I was wondering why we were playing the Bears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's have a look at the try scores here. So, again, an understrength team, but um, Ellie Elskaham, Makasivo getting a try, Wiramu Greg, uh, Makasivo getting a double rather, and Sean Russell going over last, and Jordan Rankin three from five off the boot. So at halftime, down 4 6, obviously a big second half from the Eels. Um, so how did you guys um, see that? Did you get out there or have you got some reports? No, I was out there for this one. I think Ham got there for most of the game as well. Um, this was a on Friday, thankfully, in the NRL, the Eels got the play on a mostly uh, dry, dry-ish track, not, not too much precipitation until the second half. This game had a lot of water. 
And uh, first half was a real grinder, a real meat grinder. Both teams going sort of set for set. Uh, limited. Eels had chances to score in terms of getting over the line, but just couldn't get the ball down. I think Micah went over in the corner and knocked it on. I think Samuel Luizu powered his way over twice, couldn't get the ball down. And I believe uh, Zach Zenny might have butchered a try by uh, dumbing instead of passing to young Jake Arthur on a line break. So we had opportunities, but we couldn't convert them. But we were staying in the game. And then the second half, we just put the foot in the throat and just didn't, you know, get out of, I'd say, third gear, but just were way too good for Manly. I uh, saw a lot of the usual suspects having good games. I thought Big Wiram McGreg, Woody, scored a try, ran the ball strongly. Um, in terms of other um, faults, Ellie Osgerham was right in it as always. Probably uh, maybe he almost played the conditions too too well in that sense. Uh, a couple of times maybe he could have passed, but he just put the nose down and, and focused on running hard and getting those metres. But uh, Jake had a really nice try assist for Mike second. And uh, I fought out in the backs. It was good to see Russell and Sebo have good but not outstanding games, just you know playing within themselves. But yeah, going through the motions in a good way, you know what I mean? Not, not like because they're slacking, but because they're getting back into their football shape. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got there just before the Ellie Elzakem El- try, so I didn't I didn't see that first bit where we were down. Um, but yeah, in the second half, I saw uh, Sam Louise who went off, I think, with a knock. I'm not too sure. Um, but Sean Russell moved into the centres and Naiduki out on the wing. And uh, boy, Naiduki powered into the game. He made over 100 metres in that second half. Easy. And Sean Russell, like... You, you can see it in the highlights, but the try that he scored, like, you just see how fast he is, how classy he is. He's he's about fifteen meters out, and he he spreads away from the opposition from the catching defense. So um, yeah, I think that you know Jake had a, a good game. Um, it's sort of his level at the moment. You can see he's probably uh, he's probably a little bit too good for this grade, but not quite there for first grade. Yeah, I think so. he's. I've said it before, but I think he's essentially cup plus at this point. Where yeah. he's he's better than the cup, but hasn't quite uh, found his feet in the NRL for yet. Yeah, um, Woody come on for that second stint when I saw him. Every run was powerful. It was really good to see. Uh, hands in the middle. Uh, Jaden Yates actually was surprising mm. me. He was making Yates a lot of uh, lot of uh, hit ups there and making a lot of meters there. So uh, good to see. All right, well, let's jump into first grade. So the Eels victorious, twenty two over Manly Warringah Sea Eagles twenty. Uh, four tries apiece, but Mitch Moses better off the boot. Three from four conversions. Uh, a sin bin each. Mitch Moses just before half time, and Sean Kepi um, in the last eight minutes of game time. Let's just run through the stats quickly. We had 53% possession. We had 31 minutes in possession as opposed to the Eagles. Uh, Eagles, rather, 28 minutes. We completed at 88%, so 38 of 43. Manly at 81%. All runs, 225. We outgained them by about 50 metres. Extra 70-odd metres post-contact. Four line breaks apiece. 27 tackle breaks to 18 in Eels' favour. Manly getting an average set distance of 51 metres to our 40. Uh, Average play the ball speed, we're up at four seconds. Manly's 3.3 seconds. And then having a look at offloads, we won that 22 to 7. Uh, Manly getting more kick metres. Uh, effective tackle percentage, ninety-one, almost 92% for the Eels to the Manly's 84%. So Eel, uh, Eagles missing 27 tackles to our 18, 18 and having 37 ineffective tackles to our 12. Seven errors apiece. We conceded two penalties to Manly's nine. Manly with two ruck infringements, three players on report, and as I said before, an, a, uh, a sin bin each. So uh, let's start out with... Uh, with the good things. I'll start with you, Bertie. 
uh, the good things is um you know we beat Manly. Uh, like no legit, I don't. This team. The good things are Will Penasini. You know him coming along. They had a article about him last week about him and uh, Joseph Sawali and how he's like the leader. He or he was leader of his um, school rugby team. I can see that now because look at he's he makes such tough like um, runs at uh, the dummy half and you know tackle one and two like and I'm not like this isn't like biased opinion but just look just watch his runs and he's always fighting. He doesn't offload it but he's always fighting for the extra yardage and you know like you just he's one of the youngest kids out there and in, um. He's standing up. Uh, Matto, oh my god. I don't know if it's just a contract year or finding the right position, but he's just like, he's unbelievable. Other than that, um, yeah, was, uh, that, that's all I can think of that off, off, off the top of my head that really stood out because we're pretty solid across the park. But um, yeah, other than that, maybe Brad Arthur using his bench for once early. You know, that's a good positive. So, yeah. yeah uh, no, I was going to say, like, yeah, there's not much to positive. I think the, is the fact that, you know, we've showed a bit of tenacity, a bit of fight to come back. Um, after being down, but like we saw, um, I just think we're in a flat spot. I think the the draw in the schedule at the moment has just been has just killed us. Um, even Junior and Reg, like they're usually setting the tone, and even those two just had were just flat. Like we've had two flights up to in the tropics. Oh, Brisbane's not the tropics, but it's tropical. Um. And then another tough game, then a five-day turnaround. Like the team was just flat, and like it just it was noticeable in this game that um, we needed something a little bit more. I think Dylan's a little bit flat. Um, he went through a really good uh, start to the year, and that's just sort of drifted off a little bit. So you know, I'm I'm hoping that it is because of the, the tough schedule and not um, like decrease like we we put everything into that start and have dropped off. I'm hoping that it is the draw and uh, we're going to have a long break this week that, you know, that alleviates some things. But it's just, yeah, this game was just, it just sort of happened. And, like, I, I was at the game and people around me, oh, Parramatta shit, Parramatta shit and everything. It's just like, well, fuck. you get depressed about it and everything like that. And then, you know, when we win, when Mitchell Moses kicked that goal, like, that, that that's that's what you want to see is that it means as much to to Mitchell Moses kicking that goal as it does to every single Parramatta Eels fan in that stadium. 40. Yeah, I mean, I know you, it's interesting hearing you boys. I wouldn't say you're flat or down about it, but being so nonplussed about the victory because for a number of reasons, which Hamill also touched on in terms of just the, the handicap that's been placed on this team for so long since uh, since even before round one, really, with some of those key injuries we've had in certain positional groups. <clears throat> it's good to see him just fight through for the win on uh, the weekend or on Friday evening as it was. But I think the big thing for me was Manly came into this game, they used a tactic that's been so effective against us and a number of teams have done it, including themselves in the past, but we've seen St. George do it. Um, and it, it's been that real heavy ruck spoilage. And you looked at our uh, average by the ball speed, you mentioned it, Hamish, it was up at over well, just about four seconds, which is just ludicrously slow in the context of a given NRL game. And they were able to do it very effectively with uh, the referee, which I think was Cummings, uh, I mean, I know people complained about the fact that the penalties were one side of the Parramatta, but Manly could have had double the penalty count against them, and it would have been Very a fair, a fair reflection of what they, what they were doing. There were times in the second half where there were second and third efforts that were blatantly slowing the ruck down, and, and we got one penalty, I think, for all of them. And, yeah, and I just I appreciate the fact that the team, as much as they didn't play their best football or anything close to it, uh, managed to, like against the Roosters, with that, like the comeback that fell just short, they stuck to the game plan. They, they just kept plugging away at the stuff they know works for them 
And even with a game where you had Junior and Reg being flat, like Cam said, I mean, Junior went for, I think, 14 carries for 100 and Reg 18 for 128. So it was tough sledding for them. They weren't at their dominant best. The Eels still persevered, created opportunity. They got that run of uh, possession on the goal line in the dying minutes. And they didn't, it, it wasn't like the Cowboys game or some of the other games where we've seen some real dumb shit outside of maybe the past the Hayes Barham where we got uh, bailed out by a correct penalty call because he was clocked right in the head. Uh, they they managed to keep to the systems that worked, and at the end it was no surprise that it was a Ryan Madison offload that created the opportunity down that right edge. So, yeah. What? I, I just want to add on to that. It was no surprise it was the Reed Marnie decision error to go the wrong and way once that, again. That's where I was going to get to in terms of where <laughs> I was unhappy was I, I don't know how Reed managed to get the free daily end points of this game. Uh, who was the judge? Sattler. Uh, Sattler, because – I mean, we love Reed on this on this podcast, and you know we're going to him leaving the club is a big loss. But mate, it, that that was just such a I, I I can't recall a game he's made. Like we've seen some stuff where he's gone. For, excuse my my brother's dog. We've seen some stuff where he's gone for a big play, and you know we, you know we've been upset and annoyed. But he didn't go for any big plays in this game. He just consistently took like subpar options, and I can't recall a game where he's done that like that. So the amount of times where he just kept playing short. Uh, and I understand that you need to play short to you know create the, the balance on the defense to uh, prevent them from just cheating outside. But he just kept playing short and, and taking these options that we were just loaded to the left and right at times. And he just kept taking the short option. So I think we all sort of had a little bit of frustration at this game. And, and I think it's a bit worrying that, you know, Manly's forward pack, it's a it's not that great. And yeah, um, they certainly Manly, had the medal over us for big periods of that get, game. They get up for our games, man. Like I, I, we, we were flat, but Manly do get up for our games. They'll come off a 38-point to blot hiding last week. We knew they'd be pumped up for this game. Uh, and um, let's get into the controversies. So uh, <laughs> Moses sin meaning I thought that was a bit um, weak. Um, but well, if they're going to be consistent with it going forward, they, I they guess. They weren't because Tommy did it the week before and <laughs> nothing happened. Exactly. So well, isn't it? Can't they? Can't they only go back if it's a? That, um, that's what blew, blew my mind. Is that I, I thought you could only go back in time for uh, for a foul play that was reportable. Uh, but here we had free play advantage for Manly. And if they'd just been Moses at the start, I would have copped that. I said, okay, he did jersey tug. Yeah, it was on the very light side of things, but he did jersey tug. Okay, you wear it in the chin. But they gave Manly the best of both worlds. So what's that? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember what it is. It's, it's this saying, it's like, uh, welcome to the game where everything's made up and the rules don't oh, exist. Whose line, who's line is anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. welcome uh, where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one anyway. I was looking out for. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, so um, that, that's sort of uh, a week-by-week basis on um, the bunkers oh, intervention in games. Oh, 100%, mate, 100%. And yeah, just like you said, the... The issue for me isn't that Moses got binned. It's the fact that the week before, Tom Tabori did the same thing, and it was fine. It was just play on. And then this week, you had the bunker allowing them to have a free play advantage. So if they if they had scored in that situation, does Moses still get sin binned because he committed a professional foul or because they scored? They It's alleviated. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, but also, I guess the last 10 minutes and, and you know, I, I think we're all quick to complain when things don't go our way, but I can say we uh, we got a little bit of a rub with green at the end there. Having said that, I thought the sin bin in the last eight minutes was uh, warranted. Given it, was, it was a flow of penalties as well, and the act itself is, you know, you can't put somebody up way above the horizontal and no, drive no. like that. The- well, he's very lucky that uh, Martin Tapao was there because Tapao sort Actually of- Actually controlled the tackle somewhat, yeah. Out. And yeah. sort of keeps his head from going in an awkward position. If Tapao wasn't there, 
I mean, it wouldn't have mean it wouldn't have meant any more in the context of the game, but that that could have been a send off if Tapao wasn't there. I mean, we say it wouldn't make more in the context of the game. We don't know in that sliding door moment if it actually means something bad for Reg though. You know, that, that tackle was completely out of control. And if it wasn't for Tapao who created that sort of counterpoint of leverage to allow him to land like sort of shoulder first rather than completely on the point of his head. Yeah, Kepi, very lucky to only be sin binned. And then are we going to talk about Tua Pilotu? Because that's a sin bin. That was, a that sin was bin I mean, uh, yeah. And you can yeah. talk about you can talk about how the fact that Perrin was falling slightly contributed to the the hit zone moving. But we've seen in the past last year and a half, if you come in recklessly or carelessly uh, and with that sort of aggression, and you hit a guy in the head and he's falling, it doesn't mitigate a sin bin. And well, yeah. that's the thing. Like if if it didn't happen before, I wouldn't care. But the fact that Junior got sin against the Titans for initial contact was with the shoulder and then with, um, with uh, what do you call it, whiplash, his shoulder hit the head. Okay, I, I don't agree with it. But if that was a sin bin, well, this one's a sin bin too because even though he hits him shoulder in the shoulder first, it's still forceful contact to the head. Oh, it's a sin bin. Yeah, I think we saw that. Was it Rapana's shoulder charge on, was it Ferguson last year, I think, in the act of scoring a try ride on the buzzer? And that just got fired and waved away. So it's nice that they're actually taking a, a stance on those sort of reckless tackles, um, even if it is in the act of uh, saving a try. Because, you know, I think we saw early in the year that uh, that poor Sean Russell, he's out for, what, eight weeks because of a busted um, rib cage for for um, Jaden Campbell sliding in recklessly with the knees. Um, yeah. That wasn't picked up. So, um, you know, more power to it. Just because it hasn't been penalised in the past when it should have been doesn't mean that it should not be penalised. Be the change you want to see in the world. That's right. And then uh, Marty Tapel also missing the high tackle on Reg. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a big – like, you know, it wasn't a, a send-off or anything like that, but, but it was a queer high shot to the face. Yeah, it was just – man. It, it, you know, uh, Desi could have, and that's the thing with these referees. You got these crisis merchants like Des Hasler, Andrew Voss, Phil Gould, Michael Ennis, all these dickheads, right? But so the referees, they seem to only referee the game so that they they don't have a controversy, rather than actually refereeing what's going in front of them. This game is a perfect example because you come out of it, Manly blatantly cheated in the ruck. They could have had somebody, they should have had somebody simbin from um, egregious penalties. It should have been Jake Travojevic. Was holy shit. He fell asleep in our, in the in the ruck. Basically, he should have been simbin. Two applauded could have been simbin. Kepi could have been simbin. Like <laughs> you know, it's just. But they 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 seem to be too afraid. And yeah, I I, I will put sh- I will shit on the referees and everything. But you know, my my reach is about as many listeners of this podcast as there is. But it just seems like they're so worried about about what will be said in the media and, you know, oh, we can't, oh, we can't look as if we're influencing a game. But the fact that you don't blow those penalties, you're influencing the game because Manly cheated. Manly were cheating in the ruck. Simple as that. So if they're going to cheat in the ruck, blow the penalty. Done. Call the six again. Done. And if they want to do it, well, then that's their problem because that's the way to beat Parramatta. And it seems that, you know, Clubs, opposition teams are able to lay all over us and spoil quick play the balls, and then you know how do you how do you, you can't work off slow play the balls, and it just seems that happens yeah, so we, often. We see it so often that the referees will put their whistles away eventually. They might blow a couple of penalties, but invariably they're going to say, you know what, we'll just let them get away with it. And we even, yeah. like I said, even in this game where we still got some calls in the second half, they could have blown a stack more penalties against Jake Dubovic in particular, and yet they didn't. 
because the spoiling tactics work. Whistle fatigue is a real thing. Yeah, and just added on that, you know, um, penalty counts aren't meant to be uh, the same. Six skins aren't meant meant to be the same um, for each team, and one team committing more fouls than another. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand the logic behind it all. Um, the more you offend, the more you're going to get pinged. All right, well, I think that's enough there. So um, uh, nice to get the two points, but still um, still some issues, I think, with bench management and rotation. And is, is the thinking behind keeping Maddo on the bench that we start off with our two best forwards, Junior and Reg, and when it does get to the point where we have to take at least one of them off, we still want some impact from the bench, which has been lacking um, without Madison. So, I definitely is, think so. Is that it? Yeah. Maddo's, he's still playing. He played 65 minutes on the weekend, which was outside of Sean Lane and Pabali'i. That's He had the third most minutes for our forwards, and that's coming off the bench. So, you know, if you start with Reg, if you Reg Jr. and Maddo, you know, you, you, who are you bringing on? You're bringing on Maka, Kafusi, Brownie, and say Murata. Like, especially Murata. Yeah, I, I, I think Maddo's doing well off the bench. And you know, if he's playing 65 minutes off the bench, keep it going. It's, it's working. I, I think it's offloads because, like, you look at the first set. We were offloading it like early in the game, even if it feels wet. I just feel as though you know, um, all three can offload very well. There are three best off- offloaders in the in the in the forwards. <laughs> So I feel like it's just a second phase to get a second phase going. So, I mean, I think you're right there, Bertie, but I think Ham probably has the, the most of it there. Madison, for all intents and purposes, even if he isn't starting, is the primary lock forward now over Nathan Brown. I think you just let, uh, it, whether it's Brown or more, you know, more recently that shift where they had Murata on edge and then ice in the middle and can sort of play around with the players in that opening stanza or after that opening stanza as they need. I think you just let up let those guys soak up the like almost like an origin, you know, that soaking up period in the first fifteen, twenty minutes, get Mato in there and just let him tear in and he just goes the distance. So yeah, I, I don't I, I know that I in, there's a, a line of thought where you just have your strongest thirteen on the park and then, you know, you sort of just use your bench from there. But I do like having uh a couple of guys, especially well, in this case just one of Madison because we, we haven't quite had the full complement of players not only be healthy for a, like the selection, but healthy through that entire course of the game because Murata was a bit rusty uh, or raw coming back into the lineup, obviously last week. But having someone like Madison that can just come on and help tip the scales, it's really and nice. It's also, it's also good to have a bench player that comes on and doesn't have to ease into the game. Like as soon yeah. as Maddo's on, he's in there, he's throwing, uh, he's doing sweep oh, um, passes to the halves, he's trying to offload, he's got the quick feet, whereas sometimes you see. Bench players come in and they've got to warm Try and themselves feel their way into, the into it. Yeah, and I'll say I think that's where Oggy was pretty good last week, and even the week like the week before that, I think he's been much better at just getting into a higher gear earlier in games now. All right, well enough game chat. Let's jump into. There's not too much news other than some players starting to return. Really, isn't there? We got three uh, reps in the uh, New South Wales women's extended squad. You want to shoot uh, those names for me? Uh, Samaya Taufa. Tiana Penatani and Philomena Hanisi are part of the, I think it's like 21 or 20-something uh, player squad. Too easy. All right. And other than that, did we touch on um, um, our uh, assistant coach leaving to, to rugby last week? I think we talked about it, didn't we, boys? Yeah, yeah, we did. Too easy. Yeah, Shows so. how much I was paying attention. Sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how they replace him. Obviously, 
I think we talked about it, but Ryan Carr's at the club. He's made a nice name for himself as the cup coach. And I think he's Well, had- it was interesting because it was the first time I'd seen Kari out with the first grade squad when they were warming up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's sort of maybe an early indicator that he might be the front runner to take up that gig with, as an internal replacement. And we know that Carr's been not necessarily headhunter, but he's been part of a, a panel of coaches that uh, was it Leeds. I want to say Leeds uh, in the Super League we're looking at um, as a yeah, potential head coach so, yeah. so we we know he's pretty highly regarded, and Ham and I have seen his handiwork in the cup where it's been very very good. So I wouldn't be upset if that uh, promotion, but it would mean that we would need to find a new cup coach. So create that little uh, trickle on a flow on effect there. So plenty of uh, stuff to be done there, I suppose. All right, well, let's look to the upcoming round of action. So starting in the Harvey Women's, uh, Harvey Norman New South Wales Women's Premiership, Sunday 29 May at 1 o'clock at Maury Breen Oval on the Central Coast. We have the Wenty Magpies taking on the Central Coast Roosters and just having a look at the ladder, I think it's going to be more uphill um, work for, for the women in this competition. Uh, so let's just have a look at the ladder which oh, Central Coast Roosters are in seventh. They've got a draw, two losses, and a bye, whereas we're sitting on three losses. So maybe there's some room here to um, to peg one back. I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All right, and then we've got a full round out at GIO Stadium in Canberra, and it's all kicked off at 12.05 p.m. Um, on Sunday, the 29th of May, with the Raiders and Eels in the flag. Um, so a couple of ins, couple of outs. Uh, so Charlie Geimer, Jaden Skinner and Ryan Jones come in, but uh, big losses in Corey Fenning, Josh Tuapalotu and Larry Mugatudia. Um, so do you, uh, each of you want to run your eyes over this one? Hand me on uh, start, brother. Good to see JJBM and uh, Tony Martelli starting. Other than that, you know, they're just it's a tough one. They're coming second last, I believe, and um, – but it's a young, it's a young backline. I think uh, forty nine going through it before. Tua Williams, Charlie Geimer, Lockie Blackburn, Ethan Sanders, all SG Ball Cup, SG Ball eligible. So four out of the back seven there, all young. Uh, Louis and Komalafi, Louis Komalafi and Kalachi, all. Oh no, sorry, Louis and Kalachi first year out of uh, SG Ball. So very young backline. Yeah, I think the big thing for me is seeing the two players in that starting pack. Ham already mentioned, but the big hyphen, Jonte Junior, Beth and Misa. Tony Mattielli had those nasty preseason injuries. I think Jonta had a, a bad break in his leg, and then I'm not sure what Tony did. It might have been something right into his shoulder, uh, but come back into the game and hit the ground running. Now they're straight back into the starting team. And, and for Mattielli in particular, there's potentially a birth in the New South Wales Cup, uh, maybe on the bench calling if he can put another strong performance in here. But yeah, the unfortunately for the cup, uh, the cup in the flag team, it feels like they take a step forwards, not even two steps forwards. They have to take a step back if he's... Uh, Guys returning and then other guys leaving. You get two big forwards back in Jonte and uh, Tony, but then you lose your captain, one of your good bench props in Larry. And uh, what was the other one? Other players out this week? There was, I think you mentioned another player, Hamish. Uh, to Josh Tupolotto in the back line. So, yeah, just not quite, never quite fully healthy, which, you know, there's a degree of that to every team in every level of competition because it is such a, a grind and it's, you know, a, a battle of endurance if anything else, but the Eels in particular this year in the flag have just been really unlucky. Well, having a look at that, um, Raiders only have one more win uh, than us, but uh, just looking at that, they've got Caleb Tohey sitting at lock. Is that former Eel? Yes, for Caleb he, Tohey, he left yeah. earlier in the year, and he's, uh, I think he's been pretty reasonable for him. We, Ham and I both have a soft spot for Caleb. He's a, a good young player, um, and if he can just, uh, I suppose the question mark for Caleb will be, Physically, just if he can find the frame to get the first grade, but very talented back row. 
So I wouldn't be surprised to see if he was one of the best in the field on Sunday. We'll have to wait for Hamish's report, though. Right, Ham? I'll be down there. That's it. All right, well, we won't need Ham's report for the next game because it's going to be broadcast on New South Wales Rugby League TV. 1.45pm, Raiders in seventh position, taking on the Eels in fifth position in the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup. Um, so just looking at this, uh, Inns, Hayes, Parham returns, and Kai Rodwell is also... He's back for... Was that his two-game stint on the sidelines? Yeah, for tackling two, too hard? two games yeah. for tackling someone too hard, yeah. All right, and um, the Raiders have got a couple of uh, players back. So, uh, yeah, I think they had a couple of injuries last week, so players coming back in. But they haven't named their second winger, uh, which is a bit worrying. And they've only got three on the interchange bench, so maybe that might be updated closer to game time. Um, but just looking through the teams, Corey Harawira Naira is starting second row. Yeah, uh, and it's not, it's not his first game uh, there as well. I think he's been there for a week or two now, so... Um, obviously, on. looking at their halves pairing, they've had a plenty of um, first-grade experience. Um, but then Emre Gula, starting prop, he's had a bit of first-grade experience. And uh, former Eel, Trey Mooney. Um, so he's going to want a bit of revenge on uh, the team that let him go when we yep. should have retained him. That one, that one always stings when you read that one out. Yeah, Trey, very good young player. Uh, expecting to be playing first-grade for the Raiders sooner rather than later. I thought he would be playing by now. For yeah, us. I'm honestly surprised him uh, that he isn't, but you know, who knows? All right, well, uh, how do you think we'll run out in this one, Ham 40? Very, it's a very light bench. You've got Yatesy on there, who's a forward uh, forward utility, Naiduki, winger, um, Brendan Hands, just an all-round utility, Luke Baines a prop, uh, but the starting team's pretty good. Uh, Woody, Mitch... Elza Kemp, oh, well, the back row would probably play 80 minutes each. They'd probably play a full game each. Um, Woody can probably go close to 60 there, so, you know, you're not changing around too much. Um, it is going to be a tough one because that, that's there's a fair bit of uh, first-grade experience in that Canberra Raiders team. Yeah, the the bench is is light. I think Bain's the only real – you mentioned Jaden, who plays very tough for his way, but Bain's the only real forward on the bench outside of that. Uh Naiduki ended up being an inspired pick on the bench last week, given that poor Samuel got hit pretty hard off the ball and tweaked, a, tweaked something or got uh, nicked up some way. And he has, obviously hasn't been named this week with the uh, benefit of having Hayes Perham coming back. But yeah, I, I, it just it's hard to see Naiduki coming into this game in a way that doesn't create a log jam. I mean, he could replace Hayes Perham. Perham becomes like a bit of a utility to be redeployed at fullback or wherever they need him, I suppose. But yeah, I'm a bit surprised at how light the bench is. I was hoping Offaki Ogden would be back this game, uh, but obviously they're going to take uh, every precaution necessary to get him back to full fitness. And do we have a bye next week in this grade? I just want to make sure. Yes. Yeah, so that, that makes sense then. They're going to give him the bye to get back to full fitness, then get him back into contention for NRL uh, via the New South Wales Cup. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, sorry, we no, don't. We don't? Okay. We, we play on the Friday the 3rd of June. So, yeah. so, Why must you make this a house of lies, Ham? <laughs> uh, well, it was Schrodinger's draw. I didn't know if we were playing or not until the, uh, I looked. Yeah, the super, and, uh, super, I looked, a I super state that we are of, playing. Uh, whether the Eels be playing in the Cup or not. So until we checked, we are both playing and not playing in the New South Wales Cup next week. That's correct. But I, like Ham said, I, I do like the fact that the starting forward pack – can go a big distance. I mean, Woody probably isn't a you know super long distance prop, but that back row will probably play eighty minutes. Um, I know Elsgaham and Cartwright can play the eighty. I'd expect Rodwell to go pretty much the eighty here. Um, and Tavita, the young prop, he's got a good engine on him too. So 
Yeah. The, the last time Canberra really dusted this up because they dropped a lot of players back to this grade on game day. Uh, they had, I think it was Harawir and Ayira, Jared Croker, um, plus all the other NRL experienced guys. You already mentioned the team in this particular game that were also in it. I think there might have been a couple more players too. Xavier Savage. Um, CNK. Yeah, that's written. Nickel Clockstar was in that game. Yep. And they absolutely pants this out at Kellyville. So I reckon our boys would be having that one in the back of their mind. And they're not going to be a pushover by any means. They're still named the formidable lineup. But yeah, if they play like they did uh, against the, the Seagulls or the Blacktown Worker Seagulls and just add a little bit more polish to their first half opportunities, I think they can get this one done. All right, let's jump into first grade. So the last game of the round, how we hate that, but four o'clock on Sunday, the 29th of May, and also at GIO Stadium. So for Indigenous round, um, those uh, Eels Indigenous jerseys looking quite nice, um, but broadcast on 9KO Foxtel. So let's have a look over the team list, which we'll see for the Raiders, Xavier Savage at fullback, Nick Chotrich and Jordan Rapana on the wings. Jared Croker, captain at centre, and Matthew Tomoko also in centre. Halves pairing of Jack Whiten and former eel Jamal Fogarty. What, what is with it with freaking high profile recruits making a return against the Parramatta Eels? I feel it happens all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, Josh Papali'i, or is that? Yeah, that's the right pronunciation. Yeah, he is uh, Joseph Tarpany in starting props and Zach Wolford at hooker. Then the second row is Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead, and Adam Elliott at lock. Then the interchange bench, Tom Starling, Ryan Sutton, Sebastian Chris, and Corey Horsburgh. Then the in- extended bench is Brad Schneider, Harry Rushton, James Schiller, Corey Harawiranara, Trey Mooney, and Emre Gula, and Matt Frawley, sorry. That's 24 players now. Uh, then for the Eels at fullback, Captain Clint Gutherson on the wings. Wanga Blake makes a return from injury and Bailey Simonson on the other wing. Uh, centers Will Penasini and Tom Opacic. Hard pairing Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses. Forwards, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo or Paolo, um, sorry. Hooker is Reed Marnie. Uh, second row, Sean Lane, Maradine Kore and Zaya Papali'i move to lock. Uh, then the interchange bench, Makahesi Makatoa, Ryan Madison, Oregon Kafusi, Nathan Brown, extended bench, Bryce Cartwright, Jake Arthur, Mitch Rain, Hayes Parham, Sean Russell, Kai Rodwell and Maka Sivo. Um, so having a look at that, um, obviously you'd expect us to get up in this one, um, but... Uh, Canberra are on a free game win streak. They're, they're no. We, they are. We, we talked about why well, I, jo- I joked about how Marquee or Marquee recruits or high profile recruits have a habit of making their triumphant return against the Eels. But a lot of teams we've played this year have had like they've they've turned the corner before playing us. Like the Roosters sort of had came come good the week before they played us. Canberra on a free game win streak. Uh, sort of Cronulla had figured themselves out when they played us. It's just a uh, the Cowboys too. Like I don't know. I'm a little bit leery of that all these freaking teams that it's not so much that they're, they're playing up to our level or anything like that. Just we're catching them at the wrong time. Yeah, it could be. Um, what, what do we think about the change to the second row there? So Murata slots in starting second row as I properly lock. Do we expect some sort of shift Murata maybe to come? No, um, because that, that was yeah. how we actually started against Manly just unofficially. We had uh, Murata build at lock forward, but he actually started on the right edge. So I would expect them to be backing this up. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not upset at the configuration, but uh, obviously the, the Eels think that it's their right now. It's their best uh, iteration of the that front row on a front row of the forward pack. Sorry, and I mean honestly, when you've got guys like Murata, Ice, and Madison, and and even Sean Lane too, who you know is capable of good football, it doesn't really matter. At least my opinion, it doesn't matter too much 
how you get them out there as long as they're on the field in good minutes. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm the same. Like, I think Murata's probably a harder hitter than Isaiah. Isaiah can run a fantastic line and, you know, really hits hard. But Murata just, just, he's just got, I think he's just that little bit quicker, a little bit more powerful in the runs. And um, Isaiah's work rate's a lot better. So that's, I reckon he's probably better off suited in the middle. Um, and Murata's better. And, off and we saw it against Manly, but Ice can go back to the right edge at a drop of a hat, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so what I'm curious be now that Murata's got a game under his belt, I'm not really sure what the circumstances were to him. I mean, he might have got nicked up, might have just been they'll preserve him because he's been out for a while, but he didn't play a huge minutes against Manly. Uh, so what I'd be curious to see is how he, if he does, ends up getting redeployed in this game once he has that initial stint on the right edge and then Matto comes in pushing Ice to, will it be pushing Ice to the bench or push Ice to the right edge, Murata to the bench, then be re, you know redeployed through the middle? I know, I'm very curious to see how that one plays out. Betty, roll your eyes over it all. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't mind. Um, sorry, ice in the middle. Like, if there's, if there's one thing you can criticize him, and man, he does a lot, he does so much good, is in defensively, he gets sucked in towards the yeah. middle a bit, and that sort of leads to the um, outs, um, the overlaps on the edges. Murata's a better defender on the edge. He can defend the centers. You know, like we've seen him go up against Olam and a few others. I feel as though Murata will stay wide, if that's even a saying. Like, I just, like, like, uh, probably won't get lost in defense. He won't get, he'll just stay in the middle and he'll be, it'll suit him better. So, you know, I'm look, uh, that looks good defensively. Um, offensively, yeah, he's, as, um, you guys said, he's a, he's a much better runner. He's, 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 he's bigger than Pop Lee. He runs a better, um, he has a fend on him and, yeah, I feel as though, um, I think he's going up against Croker. So, you know, we're going to test out the old man, see how he goes. But, um, it's interesting seeing Canberra like like Sebastian Chris has been alright for them. You know he had a good magic round, and then even last week he did alright. Like it's interesting he's on the bench. Like um, how I remember was their, last year. I know they pumped them in the end. How was their goal kicking against the Rabbitohs? Did they miss a lot of goals? They were free from six, so maybe that's why they've parachuted Jared Croker in because they were yeah. free from six, and that was after Brad Schneider missed the first couple and then uh, handed over the kicking duties to Rappina, and Schneider's now out of the team for Fogarty. So maybe. That was a serious consideration when it came to the backline selection. Um, Ricky saying last year that, that there's one game they didn't have Chris in the team, and he goes, "I made the biggest mistake." And from now on, Chris will be in the seventeen no matter what. So I don't know Raiders. You know, I said they're they're a bottom fourteen. They're not playing well. Um, we should you know. I think their weakest um, spot is their hooker, Zach Wolford. I don't think he's um, good enough to be honest. Their pack's decent as always, you know. Elliot Whitehead, um, Adam Elliott, you know, the best man, Adam Elliott. He, you know, he's pretty good in defense. He likes to rush in, do reckless uh, decisions. Um, I don't know. They got up for Papa Lee last week. Maybe, maybe they might, might catch him on the downslope, you know, back at home. Yeah. So I don't know, Brett. Yeah. Historically, not that great down in Canberra. So uh, fingers crossed that uh, we can change that around uh, for this game. Let's have a look at. Do they have the stats on this stadium? Wins at this venue, uh, four from seventeen for the Eels. So not very good. Um, but uh, didn't yeah. we beat them last time we were there? Because I think yeah, 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 we did. Um, but having a look coming into this year. So the Raiders are only scoring a little bit less than three converted tries, where we're up above four converted tries, and then conceding the same amount of tries, which is about three converted tries each. Um, we really need to fix up our defence, especially the edge defence. Yeah, um, I think, it's not I think good it, enough. yeah, just it's first contact as well. Like we just seem to be there was a period there where we were hitting hard and like smashing players and really getting good first contact, but. Um, past couple of games, we just sort of dropped off a little bit. I again, like I said before, I hope that it's 
just the it's this period that we've been in, and you know how that, we've got ex- a, exactly, and that's my hope too. And I nine suppose, day turnaround this well, week, and yeah, that, that's you got an eight nine day turnaround coming into this game. You're coming to this game knowing that the buyers the week after our boys got a chance to tee off here. They can really tear in. They're going to get that essentially, you know, week and a half off before they get back in the training or, or something close to. So, yeah, I hope they really rip and tear into this game and, and just go hard for 80 minutes. And obviously you don't want to get hurt, like, within that sort of reason. But given they've had a, a chance to recharge from the Manly game, they've got a big break to we come out of the bye to play. One day, it's like a 15-day like break. Yeah, and yeah. We, we got the on the other side of the bye, it's the Bulldogs. Which once again you don't take lightly, but it's the it's the Queen's birthday game. I think is it the yeah. Queen's birthday Monday game. So a huge turnaround there. Go all out. This this is your chance to just tee off from the first whistle to the last. Smash them. Just not not necessarily on the scoreboard, but physically smash them. All right. Well, let's go for you, Bertie. First try score, uh, eventual score. Um, first try score. I'm going to go Murata. He's just going to run over. Murata the starter. Yeah, he's going to make um, whoever uh, Canberra Raiders a speed bump. Um, yeah, full time score. I'm, I'm tipping Para twenty eight, uh, Canberra Raiders six, and um, yeah, as, as always when I predict a win, it's going to come down to Mitchell Moses. I don't think um, well, we won off his off his boot. I feel as though his kicking game is going to be crucial. You know, we're going to try and um, turn their pack uh, pack around. So yeah, I feel as though masterclass from Moses as always. You know, you know, Origins around the corner. Maybe he might um, you know, put some doubters in the mind. Yeah, um, yeah, good, good, comfortable win, in my opinion. Forty. Since round six, I've been quietly singing "No Wanga, No Cry" to myself every week. And now that my big man's back, he's going to be the first try scorer. Uh, Eels will win twenty-one to six. And you, him? Game one fifty-one. The King Clinton Gutherson should have had a first try scorer in his game one fifty. By the he way, we didn't have. even talk about that in the review. <laughs> we did. not completely forgot that, that was freaking bizarre uh, call from the bunker where Hayes Perrin gets checked by a guy that's trying to run a blocking route and uh, can't get to the ball properly, and he's deemed to have jumped too early because of it. And that's the thing I don't understand. Sorry to go back on this, but how can how can the bunker judge when like how can you say? He jumped too early. How do they know his intention was to jump for the ball? How do they know his intention wasn't to jump to put off a player? But also, you you, you can't say he jumped too early. Like you I mean, can't. before that, we saw a Specky from Joseph Sawali. He jumped about ten minutes early. Exactly. Yeah, need pair him in the back of the head. But oh no, that's we, all and, right. he, and he had eyes for the ball the entire time. While but, yeah. uh, Morgan Harper, I think it was, clearly looks at him from around the corner trying to get the blocking uh, angle correct. So whatever. But yes, yeah. game 151, he'll get the FTS hammer. Game like 51, 151, 151, Bacardi 151. Um, I believe that's the alcoholic drink. <laughs> and score will be Parramatta, Parramatta 13, Raiders 6. Ooh. So we've both got, right. got spicy field goals in our score line. See, I like it. And for me, 25 to 18. Birdie, you've been uh, left out. No, 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 no. Mitchell Moses, 45-yard oh, field goal. Go. Go. <laughs> no, 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 that, um, that's an even. Wait, 45 yards or 45 metres? Okay, so what he's going to do, right, he's going to the, he's gonna get the ball on the 20-yard line, 20-metre line. He's going to do like the old Adelaide Rams run backwards and then just do a disrespectful field goal. Because a 45-yard 40, really field goal is 41 metres and loose change, which is two I points. I Googled it too. <laughs> Did you? Oh, oh, 45 metres. No, but they're still two-point field goals though. So you're going for even points. Everyone else is going for an odd point finish. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but hang on. I still tipped a field goal. So we all tipped field goals. So we all Gucci. There you go. Yeah. 
first try scorer, Will Penasini. Um, all right, well, we've got a bit of a wait until Sunday, so um, hopefully you enjoy the double episode. There's been a lot more listeners, so um, thanks for everybody that's been tuning in, um, which has been nice. And, um, yeah, we hope you you enjoy your rugby league this weekend. Yeah, because it's going to be going to be a long, long weekend or two weeks till we play the Canterbury Bulldogs too, so... Savor it while it lasts. Hopefully, the Eels can get the big win, and that would improve us to eight and four before the buy, right? So we'll be at batting sixty six percent, which is pretty good. So can we make the top four? I know it's it's very useless to be in top four right at that now. point. But let's have a quick gander because I think we're just outside because yeah, we're on so yeah, top four. yeah, with, yeah. with, 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 with results because the Sharks, us, and the Broncos were all on seven wins. Uh, if we win, and obviously Sharks Broncos get unfavorable results, where it's for and against or what not? Because our four and against is pretty close amongst all three clubs. It's only ten points between us and the Sharks. Yeah, we can. Or if the Cowboys get absolutely pummeled and we put on a huge score, that's I was going to say if the Cowboys lose by a hundred and we win by a hundred. If we win by sixty, they lose by sixty. That's that's enough. Yeah. Same with the Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, they they mainly got Trump to out. They're gone. Gone. Oh, they're going to get they're going to get all the love from the refs though because Desi has gone on an almighty campaign. About how manly were hard done by even so. the players, man. Like Josh Alo Alushi, whatever his name is, he was uh, bitching about the referee saying. I, saw, I was oh, just reading that article. Yeah, so oh, he probably cop a fine for that because that was uh, he. He probably crossed the line in terms of bringing the game into disrepute. So it'd be interesting to see what the NRL backlash of that is. But yeah, the buy always sucks. But hopefully, we can go into it on a win. And then on the other side, we you know knock on wood coming out of this game, we're going to be fully not just full strength because we are this week. But we're going to have both Sean Russell and Mike Acevo coming into selection consideration because I'll be ready to go. I think we probably get uh, off Kiki Ogden back for Cup. He was actually really good. Uh, and a lot of people are always sleeping on him because he's been out for so long. But I think he could be like a, an impact guy on the NRL bench. He's got you know, guys like Macca and, uh, and even Ogden who are probably more sort of like work rate solid props now. But I think Ogden could be an impact guy off the bench if he gets back. All right, well, we'll wrap up there. Yeah, see you later. Go!